Make sure you're subscribed to Issues Etc. Type Issues Etc. in your podcast provider, hit that subscribe button, and leave us a five-star review. This will make it easier for other podcast listeners to find Issues Etc. Do we really live in a country where only the left gets to do political satire? If anyone in the right half does this stuff, it can't possibly be funny because they have to be doing it for all the wrong reasons. When you have people who couldn't even begin to articulate for you what it means to believe in the triune God, but can tell you how Donald Trump is God's anointed servant, then you look at that and you go, yeah, that just sounds like you have an entirely false God. Many evangelical interpreters will take that Romans 7 text and say that that was Paul before his conversion. Now, this is an amazing thing to think about, that Paul, before his conversion, was spirit wrestling with flesh. <laughs> we would say, no, no, before conversion, you have none of the spirit. You have only flesh. So with all of the things that Jesus says about his return, there isn't anything that even really implies at all that there could be some multiple returnings of Jesus. When the Son of Man returns, he will return in his glory, and he will judge the living and the dead, and that is the end of all things. Blame the Lutherans. They brought us over here. Everybody blames the Lutherans. <laughs> Perhaps you've seen it in the media. The Journal for the American Medical Association Internal Medicine put out a study claiming that almost 65,000 children have been conceived in rape in states with pro-life laws. That number seems a bit Hi, how did that story end up in JAMA Internal Medicine, and why are the media reporting it unquestioningly? It seems a little high. Turns out it is very high. Greetings and welcome to Issues Etc. I'm Todd Wilkin. Thanks for tuning us in live on this Friday afternoon, the 26th of January. We're going to talk with Dr. Michael New about that story and a New York Times column, Dobbs Didn't Reduce Abortion. We'll discuss the progressive assault on moral reality with Dr. James Wood. He's author of a recent column for World News Group. The battle we face today's conflicts aren't about the supernatural, but the natural. We'll spend some time with Dr. Mark Wood and discuss with him a new Pew Research Center report on the religious nuns. Possibly that growing group has stopped growing. Then in hour two, we'll replay an interview with Dr. Gene Edward Veith on the Christian resistance to Adolf Hitler. Joining us to talk about a new study claiming that almost 65,000 children have been conceived in rape in states with pro-life laws and a New York Times column, Dobbs Didn't Reduce Abortion, Dr. Michael New. He's visiting assistant professor of social research and political science at the Catholic University of America, senior associate scholar at the Charlotte Lozier Institute, Paige Comstock Cunningham, fellow with Americans United for Life, and a columnist for National Review Online. Dr. New, welcome back. Uh, thanks for having me. Much appreciated. Here's what you wrote about this new study in the Journal of American Medical Association Internal Medicine. Quote, the article is frankly one of the worst and most misleading pieces of advocacy research that I have ever encountered in my years as a social scientist. What did you mean by that? Well, this article claims that in states have enacted strong pro-life laws, uh, over 65,000 children have been conceived in rape. And it uses, to arrive at that figure, it uses inflated estimates of rape, uses inflated estimates of the chances that a victim of rape will conceive a child. Good researchers use a range of data sets 
They don't just pick out the data sets that serve their ideological purposes. So again, there's multiple figures out there for rape victims. There's a range of data out there about the likelihood that a rape will result in conception. The researchers don't use this. They just use their data that serves their own kind of ideological purposes. How did the Journal of American Medical Association Internal Medicine come to publish a study alleging this claim? They used data on the instance of rape from the CDC. And this data claims that in states with strong pro-life laws, over 500,000 women were the victims of rape. And then they used some other data which claim that anytime a woman is raped, there's a 12.5% chance that rape results in conception. I think that these are inflated numbers. I don't think that anywhere near 500,000 women were the victims of rape. And I think that if a woman is raped, the chances of a conception are far, far less than 12.5%. So I think these numbers are badly, badly inflated. Why has the media unquestioningly repeated the study's claims? Well, most mainstream media outlets and most reporters support legal abortion, and they're all too eager to publish the results of studies and analyses that put pro-life laws in a bad light. And the fact that the study claims that there's many rape victims who would like to obtain abortions but can't get them does place pro-life laws in a bad light. People are split about abortion, but most people do think abortion should be a legal option if a woman is in fact raped. So they're just trying to put these pro-life laws in a bad light. What do we know about the authors of this study? Yeah, the authors of the study have a very clear pro-abortion bias. The lead author is someone named Samuel Dickman. He is the medical director of Planned Parenthood of Montana. So he works for a group that performs abortions. Another co-author is Carrie White. She works at Resound Research for Reproductive Health. This is a research center that clearly supports legal abortion. So you have authors of study that are not independent researchers. These are activists. These are people who work for groups that either perform abortions or have a strong belief that abortion should be legal. How do you respond to the study's specific claims? Well, again, they use rape statistics from the CDC that are very high. There is data on rape victims from three sources. First is the CDC, and the data that they present is four times higher than the crime victimization survey that's done by the DOJ, and 10 times higher than the FBI data on the number of rapes actually reported to law enforcement. So again, they just use the high-end estimates. Many people have concerns about the CDC data. They think the questions are worded in a misleading way. They think that some women who may have regretted sexual activity but weren't actually raped may report that as a rape or a sexual assault. So again, a lot of fair-minded people do think the CDC data is inflated. So that's one concern I have. And again, the idea that 12.5% of rapes result in a conception is just very overblown. The research I've seen says that figure might be a lot closer to 5%. Even that 5% figure, which came from a survey, is probably high because some women in the survey tragically were raped multiple times. So again, the rape statistics are inflated and the likelihood that a rape results in conception also very badly inflated. Is advocacy research rare surrounding the issue of abortion? Sadly, no. Sadly, you have a lot of groups like Guttmacher and other groups that really have a real interest in keeping abortion legal. They do studies that are very uncritically reported on by the mainstream media. And sadly, you know, you see academic journals publishing things that don't go through the peer review process. 
you know, again, back, I guess, after President Trump was inaugurated, the New England Journal of Medicine, probably the most prestigious journal in the world, I would argue, ran an editorial complaining about President Trump's HHS nominees. I mean, if I want to read an editorial, I read a magazine, I read a newspaper. I don't read an academic journal. So sadly, I mean, academic journals are becoming more partisan. They should stick doing kind of rigorous peer-reviewed research. You know, they shouldn't be mouthpieces for pro-abortion groups and pro-abortion researchers. Do we know how the CDC came about their, their rape statistics? Was it police reports? Was it someone reporting on the occasion of an abortion that they had been raped? No, there was a survey, but a lot of people think the survey is written in a very misleading way. They get some women who may have regretted sexual activity, may have reported that regretted activity as a rape or sexual assault. So just think the way the questions are written, the default answer is yes, I was a victim, rather than no. So again, now Kathy Young has written about this extensively. Many fair-minded people think these CDC statistics are inflated. Tell us about an essay that ran in the New York Times it's titled, Dobbs Didn't Reduce Abortions. You know, this essay was written by a guy named Daniel K. Williams, who's a historian. Daniel Williams wrote a very good book called Defenders of the Unborn, which kind of looks at the pre-Roe v. Wade pro-life movement, the pro-life movement in the 1960s, early 1970s. He cites data from the Society of Family Planning, which claims that abortion numbers really have not gone down much since the Dobbs decision, and that pro-lifers should instead focus on better social programs for pregnant women and mothers as an alternative strategy to reduce abortion. What are some of the problems with the essay's analysis? Well, first, Society of Family Planning doesn't really have any experience estimating abortions. So I think there's real questions about their methodology. More importantly, we have very good birth data from states that have passed pro-life laws, which do clearly indicate these strong pro-life laws are saving laws. My research for the Lozier Institute and another study that appeared in the Journal of the American Medical Association found that because of the Texas Heartbeat Act, 1,000 more children are being born in Texas every month. So again, abortions are hard to count, but babies are easy to count. And if more babies are being born after pro-life laws passed, that's really powerful evidence these pro-life laws are saving lives. Another study came out that looked at a kind of wider range of states, about 14 states that passed pro-life laws, compared to 24 states that did not, and again found that since Dobbs, 32,000 lives have been saved. Again, this looked at birth data, which again, I think is very powerful evidence that pro-life laws are in fact saving lives. What does the author fail to mention? Again, the author just doesn't really look at these new research looking at birth data. He relies on the data from the Society of Family Planning. Again, there are questions about their methodology. They have not had much experience analyzing abortion data. You know, again, maybe abortions haven't fallen as quickly or as much as we would like, but the evidence is clear that pro-life laws are saving lives. I think he needs to acknowledge that and say that, you know, we should certainly think creatively about how to best help pregnant women. We should acknowledge the life-saving impact that many good pro-life laws are having. How generally would you advise our listeners to evaluate media coverage of abortion? I would say that, you know, when the mainstream media covers a study or an analysis, look to see if they quote anybody from the pro-life movement. Very often they won't. Very often they will just take the study's findings at face value. I would encourage people to seek out, you know, Christian, conservative, and pro-life news outlets for alternative information. I'm on Twitter. My Twitter handle is at Michael underscore J underscore new. I try to have commentary pretty quickly. Groups like the Lozier Institute, 
life news, life site news, live action news. You know, we respond to these studies and articles. So again, if only pro-abortion people are quoted, I would take those studies uh, with a lot of skepticism. Dr. Michael New is visiting assistant professor of social research and political science at the Catholic University of America. He's senior associate scholar at the Charlotte Lozier Institute, Paige Comstock Cunningham Fellow with Americans United for Life, and a columnist for National Review Online. You'll find a link to his columns on the Talk On Demand archives page at issuesetc.org. Dr. New, thank you. Thank you. When we come back, we're going to talk about the progressive assault on moral reality with Dr. James Wood. Listen to the best of the church's music for the Epiphany season at LutheranPublicRadio.org. Sacred music for the Epiphany season, 24-7. LutheranPublicRadio.org. Join Lutherans for Life at the for such a time as this Lutheran Adoption Conference. April 10th and 11th in Houston, Texas. Enjoy the testimony and talents of Dove Award-winning musician and adoptee Mark Schultz. Discover expert information and exciting opportunities, and experience the fellowship and celebration. The 2024 Lutheran Adoption Conference, April 10th and 11th in Houston. Find out more and register at lutheransforlife.org conferences. Smartest listeners in radio. You're listening to Issues Etc. Teaching your student to read should not be complicated. Memoria Press's Phonics uses common sense and the classical approach with their First Start Reading program for the most effective and efficient way to teach your child how to read. If you're interested in learning more, visit them at memoriapress.com and use the coupon code LPR24 at checkout. Memoria Press. Saving Western Civilization, one student at a time. Not everyone is comfortable with new technology. Dial-A Podcast gives all generations of your congregation an easy way to hear your sermons or even devotionals and Bible studies. Once you've completed a simple one-time setup, we take care of the rest. All your congregants have to do is dial the number from any phone to listen to your latest podcast, all at no additional cost to them. Dial-A Podcast. Extend the reach of your sermons. Get started at dialapodcast.com now.